but as you but as you read Psalm 37 and 4, it says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, you the desires of your heart. But verse 5 is, but as you, but as you, and you're committed to him, he said, I'll bring it to pass. Anybody believe that there are some things that God wants to bring to pass in your life? Amen? Look at that. It's right there. It will bring it to pass. Put it back up real quick one more time. And then look at this. Put up verse uh, 7. 37 and 7. So he said, I need you to trust me. I need you to be committed to me. I need you to delight in me. That word delight means to take pleasure in him. Then it even goes on. It says, you rest in the Lord. It hasn't happened, but I'm just going to rest in God like it already has. Amen. You don't just go to sleep on life. It's what, what, it's, what, what you're saying is, Lord, I'm resting in your promises. Matter of fact, Lord, I'm resting in you like it's already done. Because it's already done in the spirit. It just hasn't happened in the natural. How many of you believe that? It's already happened in the spirit. Amen? It just hasn't manifested in the natural. Delay does not mean denied. Amen? So let, let's get into this a little bit. Amen? Uh, 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 uh. Matter of fact, put that, put that back up again. Verse 7. Verse 7. It says, uh, 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 rest in the Lord. Then it says, Wait patiently for what? Him. You got to be patient. No patience, no promise. Nothing happens overnight. So it says, not only do I want you to rest in me, but I need you to wait patiently. Amen? Do not fret because of, of him who prosper in his way. Amen? In other words, he, then, then it says, because of, of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. So it says, so it says, don't, don't, don't fret with, with, with what's his name with wearing them robes all the time. What's his name? Hugh Hefner. He fit that scripture, don't he? Look, put it back up. He fits the end of this. It says, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Come on, it's wicked how he make his money. Got these women running around butt naked all day. Can I get a witness up in here? See, so, <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, he's keeping it 100. So he tells us, it tells us, don't fret because of that. And see, let me give you scripture. The Bible says, what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his what? Soul. Then that scripture goes on and says, what will a man exchange for his soul? There are some people that will sell out to the enemy. So they can have life here on earth abundantly and then totally just miss God. That's a whole nother topic. Let's get into this. You will get your mountain. Let's look at a couple different things that's going to help you get your mountain today. Uh, number one is that you can't underestimate yourself and limit God. Let's get into this real quick. Go, go, go to verse 33, 1333 numbers. It says, uh, there we saw giants. Matter of fact, look at 31. Look at 31. It says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able, which means we don't have the capability nor the skill set to go up against these people for they are stronger than we. So already they've underestimated themselves. Then verse 33 says that they basically said in the latter part of verse 33, it says, and we are like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight which lets me know that they underestimated themselves. That is a blessing blocker. When you begin to underestimate who you are, 
you realize that when you begin to underestimate you and you begin to limit what God can really do in you and through you and for you, you have just shot yourself in the foot. That means you literally have no leverage. You have no edge on the enemy because you don't even think highly of yourself. Now the scripture says in Romans 12, 3, it says don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Let's, let's look at that. Look at that. It says uh, uh, don't, don't think of himself more highly than you ought to think. Amen? But you still should think of yourself as somebody in God. Now, don't, don't, don't get beside yourself. Amen? But at the end of the day, you better have some type of self-esteem, some godly esteem that God is working in you and through you and for you. Romans 8, 11 said the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that that spirit lives on the inside of you. Not only that, Psalm 8 and 5 says you and me were made a little lower than the angels. Look at your neighbor and say, I am somebody. See, you about to know who you are and whose you are. God made you a little lower. Put that up, Psalm 8 and 5. He says, you have made you a little lower than the angels. You look up that word angels in the actual uh, Hebrew term. It is the word Elohim, which he's saying, I've made you a little lower than me. That's why the Bible says me and you are heirs of God. And we're what? Joint heirs with Christ. Amen. And then put up Psalm 80. No, no, stay right there. Not only did he say, uh, uh, go back. We're going to come to that one. But go back to where you were. Psalm uh, 8 and 5. You follow me real good today. Praise God. Psalm uh, uh, 8 and 5. It says he's made you a little lower than the angels. And then he said, I've crowned you. Anybody know you've been crowned with his glory? That he's crowned you with honor. Which means he's crowned you with his splendor. He's crowned you with his splendor and his what? Majesty. Now go back to that Romans uh, scripture. He said that we're heirs of God. Uh-huh. Then it says uh, uh, heirs of God and then we're joint heirs, which joint means we're co-heirs with Christ. If we indeed suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. We got to know who we are. We got to know whose we are. You cannot go through life underestimating who you are. That's what happened with the children of Israel. They began to underestimate who they were. Here it is. God then brought you through the Red Sea, caused water to come out of a rock. You've watched what God did when you put blood over the doorpost and the deaf angel passed over, and then you get to this place, and all of a sudden you start referring to yourself as a grasshopper. Come on, you need to get over yourself. You begin to know who you are and whose you are and stop limiting yourself. Look at this. Go to, go, to, go to Psalm 78 and 15 real quick. We're going to read this. Look at Psalm 78 and, and, and 15. It says, he, he split the rocks in the wilderness. This is when they're in transition because God never takes you from Egypt to the promised land. He takes you from Egypt, then wilderness, then promised land. Because he can't take you from Egypt to the promised land and have you skip steps. Because then you will never appreciate him. So he'll put you in a dry and desolate place. He'll put you in a place called transition. Somebody say transition. Because God is not going to propel nothing that ain't been processed. Put that up. Put that up. So here it is. They're in transition. God splits the rock in the wilderness. Anybody been through a wilderness and God still made sure the bills got paid. Even though you had to rob Peter to pay Paul, he still made a way where there seems to be no way. 
man, y'all about to make me preach up in here. I need to teach right now. We'll preach because teachers tell it. Preachers yell it. I'll yell later. But look at this. He, he splits the rock in the wilderness, and he gave them drink in abundance like the depths. Boy, when God do it, don't he do it? Don't he do it? Won't he do it? <laughs> then it says, so he split the rock. Then look at the next verse. Then it says, he also brought the streams out of the rock, and he caused the waters to run like the rivers. Everybody got hydrated. I bet you everybody that was dehydrated, they got hydrated that day. Probably throwing water on their face, their back. Come on, somebody. Next verse. Then it says, but they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High, even in the wilderness. God's causing supernatural things to take place, and the Bible says they still sinning. Next verse. Then it says, uh, uh, and, and they tested God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. Now you want to get picky. Now you didn't got tired of water. Now you're asking me to bring you Gatorade. What's wrong with people? Next verse. Then it says, yes, they spoke against God. How could you speak against the one that just, you just watched water come from a rock? You just walked on water when you saw your enemies all sink and die. And here you are walking on dry ground. You got, your, your water has become your walls. They spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Dummy, y'all's already seeing it. He feeding you by day and night and making sure you hydrated. And you up here talking about, can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? Next verse. This is a SMH moment, shaking my head. Like for real? Therefore, the Lord heard this, and he was furious. Ain't y'all glad we had the New Testament now? <laughs> Boy, he was like shaking his head like a body to kill all y'all. Matter of fact, he told Moses, I should just start all over with you. Moses had to talk him out of it. Read that. Going back. He's furious. So a, a fire was kindled against Jacob, and, and the anger also came up against Israel. Next verse. Then it says, because they did not believe in God, he did not trust in, and they did not trust in his salvation. Uh-huh. Then it goes on. It's, then it says, yet he, he commanded the clouds above, and he opened the doors of heaven. Then it says, had he, he, he rained down manna on them to eat. Oh, won't he make it rain in your life? Oh, but you got to honor him. Remember we talked about that during announcements. And we, you, you, make, you honor him, he'll make it rain in your life. He'll cause you to live in overflow. Go ahead and put that back up. Look at that real quick. Look at that. It says, he, he rained down manna on them to eat and given them a, a bread of heaven. Next verse. Then it says, men ate angel food. Look at this. They up here making it happen. God just doing it. Then it says, and he sent them food. Uh, uh, to, to the to, to full. Then it's to full. Then look at the next verse. Then it says, He caused an east wind to blow in the heavens, and by His power, He brought um, in the winds, the south winds. Next verse. He also rained meat. Boy, He's making it rain in their life. 
and they was, you know, here they are underestimating God, but he made it rain in their life, meet uh, on them like the dust. Just process that for a minute. Rain meat on them like the dust. Then it says, and feathered fowl like the sand of the seas. Jesus. Now check this out. Put up 32. Uh, 32. 78 and 32. Look at this, 78. It says, in spite of this, they still sin. Somebody say, Lord, help us. These people need to be just slapped. God has just made it rain in their life, and they still walking around disgruntled. And it says, and they did not believe in his wondrous works. Boy, listen, is this a travesty or what? And you know, out of all these people, only two original made it in, Caleb and Joshua. Everybody else didn't even make it. Now, put up verse 41, and I'm going to end right here. Look at this. Verse 41, 78 and, and 41. Look at this. Uh, then it says, yes, again and again, they tempted God, and, he, and, and, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Don't you be the person that limits God. In other words, they put limits on what God really wanted to do. How many parents I got in here? Now, you know, if your kids bring you D's and F's, they just limited you. They come running, you know, Daddy, 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 I want this bike. And they didn't brought you a report card with all F's. They just been limited. Can I get a witness up in here? Because even you as parents, you have certain expectations. There are certain things that you're expecting your kids to do that you don't even have a conversation about. Like, I, I expect you to graduate from high school. We shouldn't even have to have a sit-down. College is optional. We'd like for you to go, but if you don't think you have the, uh, the, 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 the skill set, you ain't going to waste my money. We're going to get you a job. Because college ain't for everybody. I went to college and started. I was like, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> I did a couple of semesters. I was like, I'm ready to go get a job. I'm tired of thinking. Come on, somebody. <laughs> to each his own. Now, those of you that's got bachelor's and master's and PhD, listen, you got my, hey, you got my respect because I missed that transition. Dude, I'm thinking they threw them Algebra 3 books at me and Algebra 4 and Geometry. I made it to Geometry and had to get somebody. I had to pay somebody to help me get through that. You got to know where you are. Come on, somebody. I'm thinking I ain't about to use none of this math in life because God did not put accounting on my radar. I have one, though, praise the Lord. <laughs> but let's get into this. Isn't it sad that they underestimated God? that they limited the one of Israel. Don't limit God, people of God. The worst thing you can do in this life is really limit what God wants to do in you, through you, and 
for you. They saw all these miracles. They saw God moving supernaturally. Not only did they uh, underestimate themselves and underestimate God, but they also complained, which is my second point. Amen. In order to get your mountain, number one, you can't underestimate who you are in God. Number two is you can't complain. Look at Numbers 14, uh, verse 2. It says, and the children of Israel, the children of Israel, they complained against Moses and Aaron. And, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land, or if only we had died in the wilderness. Listen, complaining will cause you to miss your mountain. You'll be walking around the mountain, but never seize the mountain. You will see the mountain, but never seize the mountain because you're complaining. Put up Lamentation 3.39 real quick. Lamentation uh, chapter 3. Look at this. It says, why should a living man complain? God has met your need and you're complaining. You're breathing and complaining. God has allowed you to have the activities of your limbs, and we still got people that are complaining. You, you've known him as a Philippians 4, 19 God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, he said, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. And then we got people still complaining. Well, he, he should have came earlier. Right, Why did he take so long? Maybe he's trying to build your character. Maybe he put a delay on the blessing so that when the blessing did come, you'll appreciate him. Amen? That's why it's good to start out. God, he sometimes don't put you in a Fortune 500 company. He'll stick you right in jack-in-the-box to see what you made of. Listen, right off here on I-17 and Burger King, on I-17 in Peoria, there's the Burger King right there. That's my first job I ever had at 19 years old. Now you got... Now you got all that other stuff over there, Olive Garden, Red Lobster. What's that other place? We don't even go to the Burger King. Canes! Oh, I feel the anointing. Any, anybody felt the glory when I said Canes? That sauce, boy, listen. When I come through there, I'll be like, I need that extra sauce. Anything else you like, sir? I need another sauce. But my point bringing that up is that every time I go to Cane's, I got to pass right by that Burger King, and I just smile, amen, because when I worked there, I never complained. And I was getting the food half off, too. My season shifted, though. Come on, somebody. God took me from 425 to 8 and something. 8 something. I guess that's minimum wage now. But I came up in the area where minimum wage was 425. So God gave me my double for my trouble. So I passed the test of Burger King. I was very happy when I had to turn in that name tag and them shirts and stuff. Amen. Then he moved me to Head Start. Can y'all believe y'all pastors used to work for Head Start? They used to call me Mr. Reggie. Come on, somebody. Well, I worked with them kids, glory to God, for years. Amen. And then God elevated me to have me doing some other stuff. Went to East Lake Mortuary, was made, went to $11, $12 an hour, dressing dead bodies for a living. And my mom, I remember, I'll never forget, I said, Mama, I'll be scared when I go out and go in there. She said, you need to be scared of these people that's out here that can do something to you. I got a breakthrough, y'all. I'm like, give me, put your tie on. Get you all, get your shoes on. <laughs> I stopped being scared of death, got scared of life. (laughs) 
So number one, don't, don't underestimate yourself. Don't limit God. Number two, as you're going towards your mountain, don't complain and transition. Number three, then it says, uh, 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 then it says, look at this, the latter part of verse four, two of 14, two, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. My third point is this, don't return to Egypt slash your past. They were so disgruntled, they convinced themselves, let's go back to what was safe. Let's go back to what was familiar. It wasn't all that bad, them beans we took. It wasn't all that bad eating them onions and garlic. We out here following Moses and don't look like we get nowhere after you done seen water come out of a rock. You got you waking up in the morning not getting your tail beat. Unappreciative. And you got enough nerve to say, well, we ought to just go back to Egypt. It got so bad. Look at this. Look at this. It got so bad that, uh, 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 let's see here. It got so bad that uh, it says, uh, uh, look at verse um, 4. It says, so they, they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. In other words, let's find somebody that will side with us, and we're going to go on back to 13th Avenue and Buckeye. Anybody drove down Buckeye lately? All right. Nobody drives down Buckeye and says, hmm, this is my dream home. That's where you start, but that's not where you finish. I'm not trying to throw no neighborhood under the bus. I'm just trying to paint a picture that these are these people. God then brought you out of 13th Avenue and Buckeye, and then now there's God trying to take you to Happy Valley. Come on, somebody. He's trying to take you to Troon. Come on. Troon, this is in Scottsdale. Amen. You know, back when we was coming up, I remember me and my wife, we grew up on Peoria. That used to be, if you made it to Peoria, you made it to glory. Then if you made it to Bell, you really, you didn't went to another dimension. Then if you made it to Union Hills, We bought a house on 33rd Avenue in Union Hills, and my wife was a 911 operator, and we thought we made it, and I was working full-time as a deacon, and we was doing our thing, and all of a sudden, my wife said, baby, I got a call today. Do you know there's uh, 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 hookers hanging out on 35th Avenue in Union Hills? She said, I had to send the police over there at least three times this week. I said, it's time to go to Serp City. Surprise. That's what my kids call it, Serp City. Like, there's gangs and surprises. I'm like, y'all crazy. Y'all don't know nothing about no good. Go on Southern and Broadway. It's showing up gangs out that way. Y'all selling wolf tickets out here. But my point is that demographically, things have shifted. But isn't it sad that they were like, let's go back. Listen, just because you hit a wall, people of God, you don't go back to what's safe. Just because you hit a wall doesn't mean you go back to what was familiar. The devil is a lie. God, he, he delivered you from certain things. Come on, Egypt, what it denotes, Egypt means bondage. So they were okay. Let's go on back to bondage because this is just too much trust in God and having faith. So if somewhere down the line they lost their fight and their ambition, 
So the three things that happens out the gate is they begin to underestimate themselves and they begin to underestimate God. They begin to put limits on what God wanted to do. Number two is that they begin to complain. Number three is that they made a decision. They were like, you know what, let's return back to Egypt. This is after crossing the Red Sea. Isn't that a travesty that you watch God move supernaturally like that and then all of a sudden you want to go back? Put up Philippians 3.13 and then we'll move on to the next three because I got six today. Normally I do three. We, we, I'm going to be long-winded. Brother, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting. Somebody say forgetting. Those things which are behind me, and I'm reaching, I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. You can't get ahead until you forget some things. Pastor, you don't understand. They hurt me so bad. Welcome to the club, sweetie. If one thing we have in common in this room is we all have been disappointed. But Paul said, I am forgetting. In other words, he was saying, I got to close this chapter. Amen. And I'm not even saying, I said this Wednesday night, don't forgive for that person. Do it for you. Say, I got to let that go. Even though that person let me down and disappointed me, I'm forgetting. Now, the act will always be, but the pain that was associated with the act, you can overcome it. Just like you that are here that have been divorced, there's pain and agony and letdown and disappointment that come with being divorced. That act took place years ago. But the pain that was associated with the act, you can move forward, amen, from the pain of that. Because the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. I'm not saying you haven't been afflicted. Uh, matter of fact, I'm saying that you have been, but it says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But he what? He delivers us out of them all. Anybody been delivered from some affliction? We need to give God a hand praise that we didn't stay in that affliction, that we didn't allow what we went through to make us become a victim, but we made up in our mind, I'm forgetting those things that are behind me. I'm reaching toward the things that are before me because I know in order for me to get ahead in life, I gotta let go of some stuff. I can't take this luggage with me into my next chapter. I can't take this unforgiveness with me into this next chapter. I can't take this disappointment with me in this next chapter somebody give God a praise slap somebody say don't take it with you I know you've been hurt but don't take it with you I know you've been let down but don't take it with you I know you've been between a rock and a hard place but don't take it somebody give God a praise look at somebody else and say don't take it don't take it. Don't take it. I know your childhood was bad. So was mine. But don't take it. I know you've been in some bad relationships. So have I. But don't take Somebody scream, don't take it. 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 Life is too short. Don't take it. Uh-huh. One day, me and you got to transition to heaven. Don't, don't take it. Let it go. Paul said, I'm forgetting. He knew if he did. Well, you know, some of us, I forgive him, but I don't forget. Well, you really didn't forgive, sweetie. 
<laughs> you got to let it go. Did I say you had to go have coffee with him? No, I didn't say that. Just because somebody repents to you doesn't mean that you got to reconcile with them. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. So number one, don't estimate, underestimate yourself, but don't limit God. Number two, don't, don't, don't complain. Number three, don't return to Egypt slash your past. Number four, look at, look at numbers 14 and 24. Look at number four. My, my, my point for number four is keep serving. Look at this. My servant, but my servant. I like this. Caleb. Because he is a different spirit in him, has followed me fully, I will bring him to a land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. But my servant, he didn't just refer to him as Caleb, but he said my servant. I believe that's my four point. Guess what, people of God? You want to get your mountain, you got to keep serving. Look at Matthew chapter 28 and 20. Look at this, Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Matthew 20, verse 28, it says, uh, 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 just as the Son of Man did not come to be served. This is Jesus. He said, I didn't come to serve, but to what? Serve. See, some people got Jesus twisted. Jesus did not come to be served, but the Bible says he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for what? Many. For many. My fourth point is this. Keep serving people of God. If you keep serving just like Caleb did, you will get your mountain. Because of time. Sec fifth thing. But my servant, Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him. The fifth thing is this. If you want to get your mountain, you got to be different. Case in point. When you got saved and you started kind of, you know, um, releasing people out of your life and the phone calls became, you know, few, far in between. All of a sudden, they like, oh, you at kingdom? Oh, you read your Bible now? One of the first things they would say, oh, you different. But they would try to put a guilt trip on you because now, oh, you think you all that now. And you, don't, you ain't even thinking like that. You're like, listen, I'm tired of waking up hungover. I'm tired of waking up, and I got to look and remind myself who I was with. Forgot the name and everything. Oh, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready for me this morning. Y'all ain't been through nothing. Nowadays, you know, when we was coming up, we would say, get a notch in your belt. Now they say, man, my body count is this now. I'm like, that's how y'all get down now? They like, yeah, dad, that's how they talk, man. They trying to add to their body count. They, we out here trying to make moves. I'm like, what's that? Make a move, you know. When we was coming up, we was like, we about to bust a move. <laughs> now we got to, we make that. Now they, they rephrase it. We making moves. I'm like, Jesus of Nashville, all this body count. I'm like, Lord Jesus. We got to pray for our teenagers, y'all. We need to have a prostrate Friday. We just. No, prostrate. Prostrating the Lord, just lay out on our face. And cry out for these young people. We don't need nobody trying to add to their body count. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so, here it is. He's different. See, and let me drop something on you real quick. Anytime you become different, you're going to be misunderstood. 
21 years ago when I began to live for the Lord, boy, so many people misunderstood me. People that ran in my circle couldn't understand why when they would come knock on my door because my place, my wife would tell you, you knocked on my door, my place was where we, we put the weed out and rolled it up and made it happen. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I, I'm looking at 7 to 21 years. I got the door cracked. What's going on, doc? What's good? Man, it's me. I'm like, I know. Y'all caught that, huh? I, I know. You ain't going to let me in. I got the stuff. No, nah, man, I'm, I'm trying to beat these charges, man. I'm trying to get a plea or something, man. I'm... I'm good. So the word got on the street, man, Reggie, different. You better believe it. When you're facing 7 to 21 years, you start making some adjustments in your life. You start making some different moves. You start closing chapters, amen, that were ungodly chapters. Start breaking up with people. Oh, y'all ain't ready for me today. Somebody say different. If you want to get your mountain. You got to be different. You're going to be misunderstood, but I dare you to be different. Just like kingdom, when we started kingdom, you know, black people were like, oh, they different. He don't even wear a suit. They different. Misunderstood. My thing back then, but still is, come as you are, but you won't stay as you are. But some folk think you got to have a three-piece suit on with a tie in order to be able to preach the gospel. But Jesus, I love this. Remember when Samuel went to Jesse's house? Je God had to correct Samuel, the prophet, because he said, whoa, these men over at Jesse's house, they look, these are some nice, swole-looking guy cut. And then and, and God spoke to him and said, it ain't none of these. I'm paraphrasing. Ain't none of these. He was telling Samuel, you got it twisted, Samuel. It ain't, mm -mm. Looks can be deceiving. I'm, gonna get the, I'm going after the afterthought. And then finally Samuel says, well, uh, there's there another. And he said, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, David. Afterthought. A lot of us in this room today are afterthoughts. Nobody thought we would be where we are today. But thank God you begin to believe in yourself. And you begin to say, you know what? I believe in this God the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he can make my life better. It's time for me to stop complaining. It's time for me to stop limiting the one on the inside of me. It's time for me to make up in my mind. I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back to my past, that my past is not even on my radar. It's time for me to serve God, and it's time for me to be different. Do I have anybody in the house of God that made up in your mind? People might yell at you. They might scream at you, but you made up in your mind. I'm going to be different. Somebody give God a different praise. Look at somebody and say, stay different. Stay different. Stay different. In other words, now I got some morals and some values. And regardless of how you live, I still love you, but I'm sticking to my guns. Because I got to roll out what this word says. Amen? So he said, but my servant, Caleb, has a different spirit, a, a different attitude, a different mentality, a different uh, opinion, a different outlook, a different viewpoint. In other words, Caleb began to see and think on another level. Everybody else was like, we can't do it. Did you see them? They big. We were like grasshoppers in their sight. 
just passive. You can't get nothing in this life being passive. You can't get nothing in this life complaining. You can't get nothing in this life going back to your past. You can't get nothing in this life if you're not a servant of God. My servant, because he followed me, he, or he, he, because he had a different spirit in him, he followed me fully. I will bring him into a land where he went. But look at this. It says, and he has followed me fully. My last point is this. You got to follow God fully. Somebody say fully. He had a different spirit in him, and he followed me fully. In other words, Caleb was persuaded that nothing would separate him from the love of God. But check this out. <laughs> My servant Caleb, Caleb in the Hebrew means dog. I always wondered, Lord, why is this man named Caleb in the, in the Hebrew means dog? But when you spell dog backwards, what does it spell? So he has some God in him. Has some dog in him. Anybody got a dog? Dogs are tenacious. Can I get a witness? Even the little ones, that's two pounds. Let somebody ring your doorbell. Get on your last nerve. You appreciate them because they, at least they gave you a, a single that somebody's at the door. But then you're like, okay, that's overkill. Chill. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> but it's interesting that a dog is tenacious because you can't get your mouth unless you're tenacious. But I was talking to one of the football players for the Pittsburgh Steelers. His name is Ryan Shazier. Matter of fact, during the summertime, he attended here. He's number 50 for the Steelers, which he just went off Monday night against the Redskins. Got an interception. Amen. Oh, they going off now. Praise the Lord. Amen. I feel the glory. She said, huh? 7-3 us. Praise him. Amen. Back into the spirit now. Praise him. But... <laughs> But it's interesting, as Ryan and another stiller that joined our church, Rob Golden, which he had like eight tackles against the Redskins, he comes to the 930, just, you know, lives in Scottsdale, but of course he's in Pittsburgh now. But it's interesting, I'm, I'm talking to Ryan Shazier, and I told him how we had to go to uh, Fort Lauderdale to do TBN tomorrow. It was a Sunday, I said, yeah, we got to leave for Fort Lauderdale. He said, man, that's where I'm from. He said, you can't go to Fort Lauderdale and not meet my mom and dad. He said, here's their number, have lunch with them. So we meet up with the parents in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We're having um, lunch. And so I said, man, what do you think it took to get your son in the NFL? And he said, he got that dog in him. And that's how he's talking to me at lunch. And, you know, and I said, excuse me? He said, he got that dog in him. He said, back south, we believe in order to do something in this life, you want to get to the NFL, you got to have that dog in you. And this is how he's talking to me. I'm like, okay, this, he kind of getting loud at lunch and, you know. And we're the only people of color in here, and, you know, other people are. You got Bill and Cindy are looking around like, is everything okay with Tyrone and Jamal over there? <laughs> and then he messed me up, y'all. He said, he said, let me see your son's footage that's going to University of Arizona. So I showed him some footage of my son. And he said, <laughs> he ain't got that dog in him yet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm like, well, man, he made all state and, you know. And he said, let me show you my son's video. So he showed me his video from high school, college. Then he showed me some stillers stuff. So he said, see, he got that dog in him. He said, from a little child, I taught him, Ryan, when you run into somebody, you make your helmet come out their back. 
I'm like, that's what I said. I said, Jesus. Because I'm a pretty hard dude too. You know what I'm saying? I know punk, but I'm like, Shaka Zulu. You want the helmet to come out the back of his back. And then he kept going like this at lunch. And I told, I taught Ryan, when you run into somebody, he kept going, he got a fork in his hand, y'all. Got that dog in him. He said, Icing ain't got that dog in him yet, your son. He said, but he gonna get it. And I was James 119, slow to speak and quick to hear after I watched his highlight video. I came to the conclusion my son need to work on a few things. But he will get there, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I had to remind myself, my son's 18, your son's 23. But my point is this. He kept using the term dog. Not just in football, people of God. If you want to make it in this life, period. And if you want to get your mountain, you got to have some dog on the inside of you. Caleb name in the Hebrew means dog. And I remember back in the day when we was growing up, we would even be like, what up, dog? Now they doing some other, something different. You know, verbiage has shifted. But that meant something when you was talking to your boy, like, what up, dog? You know what I'm saying? But in order for you and me to make it, we got to have that dog in us. We got to make up in our mind that my complaining days are behind me. My underestimating who I am in God's kingdom are behind me. I'll never limit the one of Israel. I made up in my mind I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back to my past. I made up in my mind that I'm going to serve God and I'm going to remain different and I'm going to follow God fully. Now put up uh, 14, Joshua 14 and 11. Look at 11 and 12 and then we're done. Look at this, 11 and, and, and 12 and we're done. Hallelujah. It says, as yet I am strong this day. This is Caleb. As the day that Moses sent me, just as he, he was, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Verse 12, and we're going to read the beginning. Now, therefore, give me my mountain. Caleb, let it be known. Listen, I wasn't like the other Israelites. I didn't complain. I wasn't a part of that crowd that said, let's get another leader and go back to Egypt. I wasn't a part of the crowd that, that complained and underestimated what you can do in me, God. I was that dude that at 40, I had the same strength at 45. During a time of transition, I kept serving you, God. I remained different, even though everybody else was complaining. I made up in my mind, I'm going to follow you fully. Now give me my mountain. That's how we need to be. Lord, I thank you. You're going to give me my mountain. What I mean again by mountain, Lord, I thank you for the favor that's coming in my life. I thank you for the blessing that's coming in my life. I thank you for the overflow that's coming in my life. Lord, I thank you that even though the breakthrough hasn't manifested, I'm going to give you uh, anyhow praise. I'm going to give you a yet praise. I'm going to bless you from the current mountain that I have because I know more mountains are coming in my life that I won't just go through life walking in the wilderness, but I thank you that I will get my mountain. Somebody need to give God a mountain praise. Somebody give God a praise. Slap two or three people and tell them you will get your mountain. 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 
I don't care what curveball the devil tries to throw at you, you will get your mouth. I don't care about your background and education. God sent me by this morning to tell you that he will release that mouth in your life. Somebody give God a praise one more time in this place. Lord, I thank you in advance for my mouth. I thank you in advance for my blessing. I thank you in advance for my favor. I thank you in advance for my overflow. I thank you in advance for my breakthrough. If you know he's the Lord of the breakthrough, somebody give God a praise one more time in this. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, seal this word in our hearts today. We thank you for those mountains that are coming in our life. That mountain of favor. That mountain of blessing and overflow. That mountain called breakthrough. We thank you in advance for it. That as we journey through this life, we won't underestimate ourselves and the God in us. In this journey called life, we won't complain. We won't return back to Egypt. We will not go back to bondage. And Lord, we thank you that we will keep serving you. That we will remain different if that means people will ridicule us. And Lord, we will follow you fully, just like Caleb did. And there in that Joshua, chapter 12, he asked for his mountain. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you release mountains in 2017. Release that home that that person has been believing God for. That job that they've been believing God for. That baby that they've been believing God for. Lord, we've seen you do it time and time again. Hallelujah. Maybe you're in this lap, the 930 service. Maybe you've never given your...